Richard Alpern, the Twitter Brass, and Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraph Studio, my guest on this edition of the podcast, making his fortnightly appearance in the program. It's his fortnightly appearance. He's a former Pirates beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Tribune Review and also author of Big Data Baseball. It's the prolific Travis Sochik. Prolific Travis Sochik is the guest on this program. And, as he does every two weeks, Travis Sochik joins us here from his Midwestern hamlet to think both deeply and also widely about baseball and baseball ideas. Of particular note in this edition of the program, Shoei Otani's questionnaire. Of course, uh, the Japanese Babe Ruth uh, or his handlers distribute a questionnaire to all 30 major league teams. And surely how those teams answered the relevant questions went some way uh, towards Otani's ability to narrow it down, to narrow his selection down to the seven final clubs. And not only ask Sachek about Otani's possible answers to those questions, but I force him to compile a list of questions that he might ask a prospective employer. I would argue that it's a valuable exercise. Travis Sachek might not argue that same thing. Also of note this week, some attention to the Players' Union. Sachek suggests, uh, somewhat convincingly I'd say, that the focus of the Players' Union in recent years uh, has not only been short-sighted, but has likely cost players as a whole a significant share of league revenue. Should there be a salary floor? Yes, argues Travis Sachek. Would that benefit the middle class of free agent? Possibly, says Sachek, I think. I remember him saying. Uh, also in the, to the program, I attempt, given just a few coordinates in Sachek's Midwestern hamlet of Bay Village, Ohio, uh, given a few coordinates, I attempt to identify Sachek's address in that same little town. All that excitement and what's to follow. Uh, what I will announce immediately, both because it is my pleasure and also my professional obligation, is that Fangraph's memberships exist for a reasonable sum. Readers of Fangraphs.com can support the excellent work that occurs, that appears, that occurs, that appears at that site. And for a slightly less reasonable sum, those same readers, if they so choose, can acquire an ad-free membership, which allows one to browse Fangraphs.com without the burden of banner ads, not only facilitating faster loading speeds, but also liberating one from the distortive effects of advertising. Fangraphs membership and ad-free membership available at Fangraphs.com by clicking, by going there and then clicking around a little bit. Okay, uh, let us now move to our conversation. What is it? Is Fangraphs Audio? Who does it feature? The prolific Travis Sochik. And when does it begin? Right now. Travis Sochik. What a man. Hi, Carson. What a man. Here he is. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, Travis, just, uh, are you wearing headphones? Just want to, just want to I, double check. I, I am. Okay, all right, very good. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> Travis. I, I know I need to be looked after like a child and reminded to do certain things, mm-hmm. but I am using headphones. Okay, good. Yep. Good, I just want to ensure. Uh, speaking yep. of looking, being looked after like a child, this, uh, the soundtrack, not for you, but for me, the soundtrack, uh, to this recording, uh, is the are the the plaintive screams of my child who is in his crib upstairs? <laughs> it's it's so unnerving. I wish yeah. I could. I wish it would not. He can ignore. It, he can't get I, out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will eventually. He he has typically after fifteen minutes of of this wailing, he will fall asleep. But it has not been the case today. His nap time was mm. one p.m. And as you will note, it is uh, currently one fifty-two local time. So uh, uh, I. I Rocked him in the middle of that, roughly. Uh, but um, Dad has to work, you know? 
And I know hey, yesterday, I'm with you. Yeah, yesterday I believe you were are you utilizing technology to uh, to take the place of, <laughs> of to take your place in in your child's life, isn't that right? I am guilty of uh, giving Sam the iPad uh, mm-hmm. and a YouTube channel <laughs> with a need of of bearing down and creating some Fangraphs content because uh, there's something to be said for. For, for quieting the the cries and the the asks of the child to, to be able mm-hmm. to focus on the task yeah, at hand, and t- I feel somewhat guilty about letting technology take over my role. But on the other hand, it creates work uh, workplace efficiency, and you know, industry is all about efficiency these days. So yeah, efficient uh, uh, industry is all about efficiency. But as a as a as a human with dignity, uh, don't you? Isn't it sort of your obligation? Uh, to combat that, it is. But you know, I, I often fail miserably. <laughs> well, failure—if uh, failure is the one true constant—I think we can all get behind <laughs> that sentiment. Um, I've noticed that your uh, uh, well, of course, ever since you uh, spoke out um, so vigorously against. The reign of Mayor Kumar in uh, Bay Village, Ohio. I've suspected. I've stopped receiving mail. (laughs) (laughs) I've suspected that you are a uh, a a left wing communist. You know, (laughs) Uh, but but you really have proved it over the last week. Not only did you have you suggested, well, you you wrote in one piece. You mentioned not only that baseball's middle class is shrinking, but you were you were. Bemoaning the the shrinking of of the American middle class. Uh, yeah, I, I I was. And you've also called but, for a payroll floor. I did. Mm-hmm. These are all <laughs> these are all true. These are facts. Yeah, true facts. Yeah. Yeah. Wearing it on your sleeve, Travis. It does seem as though it makes sense if you're going to put in some manner of cap. The what, the point that I think that you made this point right in the discussion of the. The salary – well, it's not a salary cap, of course. It's a luxury tax. It's sort of a – it's a soft cap, let's call yeah. it that. But the idea it's, was It's designed to suppress spending at the top. Yes. But it also redistributes the money, right, in, in theory to creating parity. In because theory. Because the tax dollars get shared with other teams. In theory, yes. In theory. Well, they, de- they, they, they definitely get shared with other Well, they are shared, whether they are used for their intended purpose. Right. Is a different yeah. question. You mentioned that the well, let's see. Oh, there's a verb you use. It's essentially to it's a it's a verb which expresses this concept, which is the um, the it's essentially like the cap and the floor in NBA are pinned to a certain amount, a pinned to league revenue or something like that. Do you remember what verb you used, Travis Sachik? Uh, something it might have very very well may have been pinned, but yes, okay, it's attached yeah. to. Basketball-related income, right? Which seems to make sense. Everyone uh, is subject to you know the, su- the success of the league benefits everybody in that case, right? Uh, and I understand one issue with attaching a cap and a floor to, to revenue is there's some debate about what constitutes baseball revenue. Uh, I, I guess if an owner opens up a, a restaurant in the ballpark or something like that is uh, is that related? Something. So there's a lot of debate on what all would go into that. But I think, for the intent and purpose of this discussion, mm-hmm. we can agree that ticket sales and 
media revenues and all that would be poured into into uh, into that. Are, what are there? Is there anything that? Now I suppose it depends how one feels about uh, what is it? M no M Bam 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 right. Baseball Major League Baseball Advanced Media Advanced Media right. Yeah. It's a real cash cow for the league. It is right, and and I think when the league is kind of argued that player shares, uh, player share of revenue is not decreased dramatically. They have not included BAM revenue in that, and that's you know it's a giant revenue maker. What's the, the argument for and against, so far as you can see? Uh, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Do you know? <laughs> Oh. I, I guess for their argument, they want to make it look like players aren't losing share of revenue. So they'll put BAM as a separate company mm-hmm. uh, that's owned by Major League that all 30 owners have an equal stake in. Uh, I don't know. I guess they look at that as their own – as a separate entity. They all took a risk in creating and it's not part of the actual uh, uh, product of uh, – but it's it's hard to separate that because there's so, so much... that's the argument. That's yeah. so you you got close to the argument. Yeah, I think it's like fumbled around there. I got close to it. No, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. you you don't know what you think till you say it out loud. The the um, right the argument could be that uh, well the players what you know did uh, did Derek Jeter get up here and you know do the programming himself? No, <laughs> this is something that has been uh, that the league sought to you know that the league pursued in order to. What to stream games, right? And they did a good enough job at it that other leagues. I mean, weren't they licensing it to like NHL? NHL, yeah. And they sold a third of it, right? They sold a third of the stake to I can't remember who. To Disney, I believe. Disney, yeah. Yeah, It was a big billion, billions of dollars. Billions of dollars involved, right? And the question is, do uh, the players now? And there's equity value too in franchises and MLB BAM that isn't part of. the, the maybe baseball-related income. So yes, you, that is a that is a subject of debate. Can I ask a Can I ask an idiot's question? Um, sure. That uh, I sh- when you say equity income, is, is that is that like a, a manager or not? Sorry, is that like an owner purchasing a club at one figure and then uh, selling it at a much higher figure? Whatever uh, whatever he profit he makes from that is that equity income? Right, and I mean all these owners. Everyone who has owned a team has, in, during this period, most owners have seen franchi- franchise values skyrocket. So they might not have cashed in on that value, but they they are sitting on an investment worth much more than they paid for it. And that's not and that value. Uh, I mean, they haven't cashed in yet, but th- there mm-hmm. is a value there, and that is not going back into uh, this discussion on player share of revenue. What constitutes so what I mean. revenue? Yeah, yeah. Right, I think the players uh, would always have the argument, um, and it's probably more legitimate in some cases than others, right, that without their contributions, there would be no product what to speak of. Uh, That's right. Where, yeah, I would I would be arguing that as a player, yes. Yeah. I think you would. Oh, yeah. Because, you, uh, because your, your, your socialist tendencies have been revealed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And now this equity value isn't going to be subject to the death tax, right? So <laughs> there's all yeah. sorts of things that are working yeah. in the owner's favor here I, and their yeah. families. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Um, 
Just a couple of socialists sitting around talking baseball. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy to be socialist when you, when uh, you have no chance of even when you have no chance even of being penalized by the estate tax, right? There's no I, the estate tax is not is going to play zero role in either of our lives ever. I think, <laughs> or directly, I mean, is that fair? I know you all you just have peasant peasant ancestors. That's what I know about right, you. Right. Like a little uh I, I mean your family, Travis, from what I know of it, given your background, subsisted exclusively off potatoes and cabbage <laughs> for thousands of years. Is there any other possibility besides that? Uh, that is that ex- that explains a lot of the, the nutrition. Uh, maybe <laughs> ham occasionally. <laughs> occasionally the a pig for a holiday. Uh, where is the, where are the Sachiks now? Wait, are there any Sachiks abroad? Yeah, I don't. I think <laughs> it's it's an unusual family name, and yeah. I like occasionally if I do a Facebook search or something, I'll see a another Sachik whom I've never heard of pop up. But uh, I think most are concentrated in Ohio, but I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me ask you another question. <clears throat> Um, now you've you've addressed a couple times. You have addressed uh, the the case of Shohei Otani, the Japanese Babe Ruth, right? You you wrote about, for example, you you considered what might be the most important uh, survey question uh, of the of those that survey distributed by well, probably not directly by Otani. I assume his handlers. Oh, should we? Did we get off track from the last? Did we conclude? Oh, what do you want uh, to conclude? Uh, yeah, Did so the, the the salary floor before we move into Otani is that okay? Oh, do you have more? Do you have more to add here? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. I, want, I want to wrap this up because I feel like players, the union, uh, they have not been fighting the correct battles. Like they, it seemed like the qualifying offer was the big point of uh, contention in the last round, and uh, like they, I believe they should be more concerned about. Uh, the floor and the share of revenue, and uh, you know they've even negotiated away some of future players' earning rights to to further contribute to ownership of revenue. So just to conclude that point, that's why I was arguing for that because I think for the long term health of baseball, mm-hmm. uh, we need labor peace. And while we might not care so much about fights between billionaires and millionaires, we do care about the game being played. And I do wonder if players are going to have to pick a bigger fight eventually and look into. I care about fights uh, where the revenue so, billionaires. Just yeah. to, just and I think the class that has been pinched. Getting back to that middle class, mm-hmm. where we all began, is as teams have become more efficient, they valued the pre-arbitration player more, the prospect more, and they'll still pay for elite talent. But it's that veteran, middle class free agent whose production can be uh, more easily replaced by cheaper labor that's really been pinched, and that's a player who. Has not really been look been uh, protected in the last couple CBA negotiations. So that's sort of what this all was going back to. And how about uh, instead of I mean this is this would not be a move that was necessarily exclusive of uh, of installing a salary floor, uh, but would you instead of just installing a salary floor and forcing teams to spend on veterans, right? Right. Would you personally entertained not that you have any power whatsoever but would you be interested to see a move where that allowed um 
younger players to maybe to be paid an amount more representative of their talents. So some kind of right somehow messing with not messing with but altering the uh, the team control portion of the um, the CBA. I would now it's delicate because I think the the current framework uh, promotes parity because if a small market club drafts and develops a player they get a, a they control if not their a nice chunk of their careers a lot of their prime years a lot of their uh, most productive years so that is delicate but at the same time maybe instead of forcing uh, we should want to see dollars ultimately go to to employees who are most worthy of them. And, yeah, I think most young players, if not all of them, are underpaid. And what's interesting is you go if you go back to the 94 strike, uh, I don't know if there's a, a floor in the cap proposal, but there, the, the system the owners want, wanted to put in place was going to eliminate arbitration and replace it with, I think, restricted free agency after four years of service time. And I wonder if that would have been... If players would have just agreed to that, they might be in a better place today where they guarantee a share of revenue and Bryce Harper entered free agency uh, two years ago. Restricted free agency yeah. is uh, – again, this is an idiot's question, but um, but I'm I'm the, just the idiot, I think. Oh, no, we're it. two idiots sitting around. We're both uh, idiots. Yes. Yeah, so a restricted, a restricted free agency would essentially be – it would give the – it would give the players – current team the ability to match any offer uh, that that player received correct okay uh, and i believe that that's how it that's how the system works in uh, nba and nfl mm-hmm. i assume that's a system that was put in place in that proposal 23 years ago uh and usually there's a form and in the nfl i think there's a form of you lose uh, draft pick uh, if you're the signing team you're penalized with uh, a loss of a Draft picks awarded to the the team oh, that the loses team the player. Okay. So, yeah, Some but what, what does that yeah. be fascinating? If restricted free agency replaced arbitration in baseball, I think that'd be to the player's benefit too. And maybe that's a post for another day. Um, well, it seems to make sense. <laughs> it seems to make yeah. sense that it would uh, it would it would certainly allow the it would certainly young young players to to earn uh, an amount equivalent to their abilities earlier in their career, wouldn't it? It would. I think a cap and floor or soft cap and floor with restricted free agency would distribute money uh, more fairly to players and more fairly within the player population. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be interesting. I wonder if there, there are always unintended consequences to these sorts of things, though, right? And uh... Yes. And, you know, baseball would argue that unlike the NFL and NBA, they have an extensive player development system. They... And they have to pay for the bonuses and the employees, and it's expensive mm, to develop a, bit... a player. Most players don't arrive at a major league, so I mean that has to be taken into account too. Uh, but then on, on the other side, minor league players are grossly underpaid too. So uh, I don't know. I, I just think players need to be fighting for something different than what they've been fighting for. It seems like they've been looking out for the uh, the top one percent too often, and with the qualifying offer, with protecting the mm-hmm. ultimate. Uh, free agent payday, whereas I'm not sure they're really looking out for the 95, 99% of their Well, it's interesting you mentioned because I've, I've spoken this with, about this with Cameron before and what might cause the the um, the players' association to do that 
And he has hypothesized, I believe, I could be wrong. I think he's hypothesized that <clears throat> you do find a, a condition common to many athletes, which is that they're always willing to bet on themselves, uh, which makes sense to some degree because most major league players have been the best at baseball at every other level uh, at which they've played, right? These are confident people. You're right, and you have to have a sort of they are the antithesis of the people on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you I have would to rarely have... bet on myself. <laughs> <laughs> to draw, maybe. I think I will tie. That's the best one. Yeah, but but so so perhaps there's a condition. Perhaps the it uh, it it follows that in order to become in order to become an elite athlete, there has to be some sense. That one is going to join that you know five percent of players who makes over, uh, you know who makes like a fifty million dollar contract. I actually that seems unrepresentative in itself, but um, I mean, how many players have? Uh, I could do the calculations quickly, but I think there will be very few. Um, right. So, but so es- essentially, you end up you end up protecting the rights of those players, or maybe augmenting the rights of those players, augmenting their access to to cash while uh, limiting. A, a much larger population's access to it. Yeah, and, there, and you, uh, you would think that would not make sense in the context of a union, because obviously the union is representing everyone. Yeah. Everyone who's. I, I guess there's a debate that the top. Well, there's a point to be made that uh, a valid point that if you have uh, that they that if you set the market uh, at this x amount of dollars, uh, and it's a, a greater x amount of dollars that should trickle down to. The benefits Uh-oh, of other there's that word. trickle down economics and <laughs> uh, yeah, so there is that to be said. But I don't know. I just think teams efficiency teams are much better operating efficient efficiently, mm-hmm. and that is to the detriment of players of many players earning potential. Uh, yeah, you know, front offices look much they're constructed much differently. Their size of employees is much different than it was 20 years ago. And it's going to become harder, I think, for unless you're Scott Boris and you do the end around around a front office and de- negotiate directly with an emotional owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's tougher to to get teams to spend irrationally. Uh, now, if Otani was available in the free market uh, without any constraints, that would be interesting. Maybe there'd be some irrational spending. Maybe we'll see some irrational spending next year. Next do I season. do I sniff do I sniff the possibility of a segue here? Segway. <laughs> such a very good. It's an art it. form to create its segues. Yeah, and you well, you've done it. Uh, you've you've provided it here, uh, which is I was going to ask you because you covered uh, well, you've covered Otani a bit, and uh, you've uh, you wrote about his questionnaire, for example, that uh, was distributed to uh, all the teams, all thirty teams, I guess, at that point. Um, uh, what? Would, um, I don't care about Otani's questions so much, but I care about <laughs> okay. what your questions would be. If I was Otani, if you were you, oh, if I was me, yeah, this is a this is me. a you are you. <laughs> so that part of the hypothetical will be easy to <laughs> be easy for you to to um to I was gonna say to integrate into you. Uh, who knows what I mean to consider. Uh, uh, now he to briefly uh, he was looking for Otani at all uh, you know and his and his people they were looking for the teams a team's evaluation of his talent as a pitcher and or hitter uh, player development medical training blah 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 major league minor league spring training facilities 
uh, resources for cultural assimilation, a detailed plan for integrating Otani into the organization, why the city and franchise are a desirable place to play, and then relevant marketplace characteristics. Marketplace characteristics. Relevant marketplace yeah. characteristics. What do you What do you want? Yeah, I mean, I th- I th- none of those seem like poor questions. Mm-hmm. If I had a seven question questionnaire, uh, but yeah, as I wrote about last week, I thought one of the most interesting questions that was not uh, one of the main debo- debate points that I'd seen in public and, and comment sections was the. Uh, the build the train the the training aspect the strength aspect who is there a team that can make a case that they can keep me uh, healthier and more productive because uh, look I'm coming over uh, to and I'm going to play it far under my true market value because I, yes. I'm coming over right now uh, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons so longevity is a big concern for me because I, I think Otani he wants to I'm sure he wants to have a Hall of Fame career. He wants to play a lot of seasons, rack up a lot of counting statistics, have a lot of individual and team success. And to do that, he has to be healthy and productive. So really, uh, that is the most important question because in six seasons, unless a team artificially stalls his service clock, he's going to be a free agent. And he can... Uh, and if he doesn't send an extension, he's going to be a free agent. And he can sign has a, to be- a monster deal. Uh, but there has to be uh, – he has to be uh, – don't you think it's inevitable that he'd sign an extension with whatever team signed him originally? Because don't you think that there will at some point – I uh, so I go to a cafe in the morning, and uh, there are some older men at the cafe who know that it is my job to write about baseball. They ha- are under the impression that I know more than I actually do, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have to assure them that I that I am a moron. But they still ask me questions. They want to talk – about the current events uh, in baseball. Sure. And so what I say, so so one of them said, who do you think will sign Otani? And I said, I think probably whatever team cheats most effectively. <laughs> I mean, because because you're, um, you know, you have to, let's see. There's just no bargaining power outside of, Outside of the sort of things you would say that the teams are not supposed to be saying, yeah. How do, how, how do you how do you really expect that there could be any sort of situation where teams are going to be um, teams are not going to be attempting to circumvent, uh, circumnavigate? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I understand where you're going, mm-hmm. and it's it is rational. Uh, but don't, would the Braves' penalties not give you pause as an executive? Like, is your career worth getting Otani over? I guess uh, I guess a lifelong ban uh, seems. No, Cam- Dave Cameron. Uh, that timing, the timing of those penalties seemed interesting with right. So the Otani bid coming up. So managing editor Fangraphs Dave Cameron has suggested that there uh, that it, uh, the timing ought not to be overlooked. And that there is a connection between the two. Yeah, that would, that would although, s- although using a person, Joan Coppola, who I'm, I have no intention of defending here, but using anyone uh, as a as a uh, lesson, as an object lesson, you know, ruining, you know, el- basically upending their career entirely solely for the purposes of demonstrating to other teams this sort of thing 
you know, as a deterrent, is not does not seem to me entirely. Um, well, it's not entirely moral, is it? It's uh, a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's a great deterrent. The morality of it, I, uh, you know, I don't. Was it fair? I guess is the question we're asking. I, I don't know. I, I think I need to know more about what actually happened. Uh, and, but, but hey, you ever been to the Honey Hut? I have. What's that's over where, there? That's where I go on my walks. Is it? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't stop at the Honey Hut, <laughs> but I usually take like a three mile walk every day, and I, that's like the that's the Huntington Preserve, and I yeah. go down on the beach, and I go through some wood. There's some. You see, this is really what I care about, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, more than Otani yeah. or whatever. The, the, the honey yet I should have mentioned is is part of a park that's near. <laughs> it's in Bay Village, and I've been just during this mostly this whole conversation. I've been I've been Google mapping my way around Huntington Park, uh, Huntington Beach Park or Beach, right? Which is right. Which is I assume. <laughs> I'm you're glad you're paying attention. Thanks. Because at, well, as previously mentioned, you refuse to tell me your home address. Right. Uh, I have I have attempted to find it by all by various means and uh, triangulation of points I visited. <laughs> well, now I know you go to the Honey Hut as part of a three mile walk, so it must be within a mile and a half of your home. I have to determine that, right? Because the furthest distance it could be is a mile and a half if it's a three mile walk. So Isn't I know this how they. I think they tried to find the Zodiac Killer this, this way. <laughs> I've been watching that series on the History Channel. How do you know uh, that, I, that? How do you know that I'm not the person who found <laughs> who founded who found the Zodiac Killer? But here's my question: Do they have? Um, do they sell beer or wine at the Honey Hut? I am sad to say they don't. Okay, so the Honey Hut is a cafe located in this it's, park. It's open just for the summer, basically. It's like a which beach. is fine, yeah. which makes sense because my guess is that. In the dead of winter, uh, this park is not as well attended. Is that fair to say? I would be the only person. Is that true? Uh, well, yeah. I went down last night. Uh, I mean, it feel you know, the sun is setting. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the sun is setting earlier. Mm. <laughs> yes, in fact, today I was introduced to a new concept uh, known as solar noon. Solar I've, noon. Solar noon. It's, a, it's essentially like when the sun... I think it's like essentially the mid midpoint between dusk and dawn. At its zenith. Uh, no, sorry. Wait a second. Between dawn and dusk, it's the midpoint between dawn and dusk. Yeah. Yes, it's when the high the the sun is at its zenith relative to you. But of course, you know that's that's not noon everywhere at all times. Right. Uh, so I think that solar noon at the moment here, at least here in New England, is earlier. Uh, is as early as it will be all year. Uh, what is it like? Ten thirty. No, it's actually eleven thirty. But. Oh. Right. I don't know if it deviates that far from noon, honestly. But, but I but I went down to the beach last night on my my walk, but it was really like five thirty. Was it dark? It was, it was dark. I was the only person in the park. Mm -hmm. uh, Do you keep a key? I would in probably frighten you? someone if I stumbled upon them. But if you go down on the beach, you get a great look at the skyline lit up at night. So I wanted to do that. Simple okay. pleasures. Yeah. Where was your son during this? The same son that you were annoying before that. In oh order well, to... yeah. My wife was home, so she was watching. Okay. Yeah. So you so you said, "Hey, I need to get out of here." Is that what you said? <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, is it would would there ever be a, uh, a time when you would take Sam on such a walk? Oh, Sam is yeah. Sam is often with me. Okay. On, uh, yeah. yeah. I've, we've I... logged a lot of mole. 
a lot of miles on her uh, Graco stroller. Um, now I know that uh, when you were still living in Mount, what are we Lebanon, talking? What are we talking about? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Mount Lebanon. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Come on, come along with the ride, Travis. Okay. When you were living in Mount Lebanon, you would have frequented a cafe with Sam, and he was—I believe—he was beloved by the uh, the employees. He there, was. Right? He was. And have yep. you found have you found a similar such place uh, in Bay Village? Um, cafe. We we have a, another coffee establishment mm-hmm. within walking distance. Wait, what's that called? <laughs> 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 uh, cafe Mocha. Cafe Mocha. Okay. And about, about how far would you say that is from your house? I would say it's about seven tenths of a mile. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see kidding. what you're trying to do. <laughs> I'm falling right into the trap. Yeah, you are. No, so listen. All right, so, <clears throat> so as I was saying, what is your list, <laughs> Travis? And I'm not saying it's not necessarily for you as a ball player, for you as a as a human person, because I think this is, a, I think that this is an. So all right, we know what Shohei Tani's profession is, right? Right. And we know what his interests are professionally. Um, now, you know, I, it's clear that he is not going to receive anything like his. Um, his market value. Um, we know that he's still interested in receiving some amount of money so that he can so he can eat all the time, right? I mean, eat and and has shelter. Those are also essential for Shohei Otani. Um, but what what do you? So we know that he came up with a list of things that, besides the amount of money to be paid, um, would be in, integral to his, his happiness and well being. So if you were going to construct your own list. Given your current profession, what would it be? My own profession. This is as to a, all. As a, as a writer. As a yeah, what, as what oh, you do. Okay. Uh, now let's pretend newspaper hmm. still existed. But see, I just relocated, so I've, I, I'm not really. It's a hard for you to. So, to, so destination, like I, I would want to work from. I would not want to relocate. If I, you know, if I, if I had another <laughs> writing job. Mm-hmm. Was, was uh, I need to work from home if I'm if I'm writing? So in this in this role playing scenario that I've given you, it's impossible for you to participate because it's because you're not able to to, to participate in it in as a realistic. I'm confused. Do you want me to pretend I'm a I'm a ball player, or I want you to like pretend Otani, you're Travis or, Sochik. or you're pretending you're me faced with a professional decision as in my current profession? Yeah. Okay. What sort of support are you looking for? What are your questions? What's your survey? Well, see, we Otani and I are in much different industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the media industry, one thing I would uh, be concerned with is uh, like job stability. Is yeah. this company going to be viable? Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, <laughs> I sure hope, Fangraphs <laughs> is going to be a viable workplace for some yeah. time. And that's one reason I was interested in joining your team uh, 11 months ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, well, I met you for the first time at the winter meetings uh, last year. That's where we. Year. That's where I interviewed. And we will meet for the second time at these next winter meetings. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stability. Unlike Otani doesn't have to worry about Major League Baseball folding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so stability is uh, – 
would be near the top of my list. I think mm-hmm. editorial freedom is Yes, important. I was just going to get to that. Uh, editorial freedom. That's a, And we have uh, – that's not an issue at Fangraphs. There's really – there might be some bad ideas, <laughs> of, but they get published for the, for most, most of the time. <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> or good ideas that are that are uh, that have bad headlines. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the most recent edition of the program, uh, people the people you're working with the team okay. that that yeah. has a big. Even though we're not working in the same place, we are interacting, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's I enjoy working with the team here, uh, yourself included. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So okay. workplace environments important too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, you know, compensation, uh, you, you need to be paid a living wage. Uh, fair, you're looking for fair market value. Who I have, I really don't know what that is, but, uh, but we're paying the bills. What sort of bonus are you looking to receive? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Substantial. Substantial Substantial bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stock stock options maybe <laughs> <laughs> when we go public. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, those are the big things I think, and you know, location's important. Uh, like if we all had to move to Oregon and work in an office space where Dave and Jeff supervised us, I don't know if I could do that. So I think, you would okay, yeah. Yeah, you would you. You would need to, um, right? That wouldn't that wouldn't work for you. I don't think so. Would you yeah. do that? Ugh, I really don't want to move back to Oregon. I did not care for it the first time. So, I do not anticipate yeah. that I would like it the first the, the next time. I yeah, think that would be tough. Uh, That'd be tough. But if the alternative were unemployment, then I might be willing to think about it. Oh. You know, when you're driving on Wolf Road, east and west on Wolf Road mm-hmm. in Bay Village, mm-hmm. just in the south end of right of the um, Hunting Dead Reservation there, and the, the Cahoon, 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 Cahoon Memorial Park, yeah, you go over, uh, you go right over Cahoon Creek. You do, you know? yeah. It's a tributary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you go right over Cahoon Creek. Have you, you ever seen seen Cahoon Creek? <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I would venture to say I walk over Cahoon Creek uh-huh. uh, every day. Every day. This is when you've left your wife and child behind and you've decided to go. You know, I'm curious what the, the supercomputer that is Carson, uh-huh. we'll name it Carson, with all this information I'm feeding it. I'm yeah. curious to see what the answer will be. Uh, at the end of the program. As to I, where you I, live? I want to guess on where I live, yeah. Oh, yeah. All these clues. Uh, <laughs> Mo- Mojo's Coffee, Cahoon Creek, the Honey Hut. Uh, well, you said Cafe knowing, Mocha before. You said Cafe Mocha. And a three-mile walk that the longest, the the uh, probably no longer than a half, one and a half-mile walk to, to venture back home. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know. I, I think the... We're expecting you to be at least within a mile and a half of my home. Well, I would have to be. <laughs> I would have to be, yeah. Do you, 
Do you live at the Pizza Hut in the corner of Dover Center Road and Wolf Road? Do I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a programming error. Uh, I do not live in the Pizza Hut. I would have to think that you live just west of Cahoon Creek here, the way I'm looking at it. Do you live just west of it? Do you live just west of, uh, like, where do you live relative to Bay Middle School, for example? How like many chances south? do you want at this? <laughs> this is people you know i i wish i would really encourage everyone i know that this is not uh, how this sort of media works but i would really encourage people to follow along <laughs> this, little, this little sliver of bay village it's really fascinating once you start to <laughs> to start to consider where travis hotchick might live especially after after I, all of the emails i've sent you <laughs> All of the emails I've sent you, and yep. uh, to which you have not replied, or you've, you know, requested that I stop contacting you. <laughs> you know, I did. I, you know, <clears throat> to tie a lot of our conversation thus far together. Uh, before we begin talking about the BBWA's Hardball Dynasty League. Oh, I was hoping we'd, we're getting to something substantial and meaningful. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, so there you go. That well, that will be substantial and meaningful. Uh, but uh, before we get to that. Um, um, yeah, I just uh, the, the email you sent me about unionizing, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, attempting. Yeah, I mean, to, it makes a lot of sense, right? To exert more pressure on CEO David Appleman. Did you want to talk more about that here, or is this is this maybe not right the right venue? Uh, you know, I was thinking we could revisit that in Orlando uh, when we get the whole gang together. Yeah, that's true. It would be easier to stage a walkout when we're all together. We'll have a writer's It could be more meeting. symbolic when we have a photo <laughs> opportunity <laughs> outside the Swan and Dolphins. <laughs> um, we fist- want a share of the ad-free membership dollars. <laughs> 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 um, let me ask you a question about winter meetings because you have, you have participated in those as someone who needs answers and needs them now. Right, right. You've, covered, you've 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 attended at least what two, three of those? At least three of those, I think. In, uh, in your previous capacity as a as a uh, newspaperman. Yeah, this will be my fourth. fourth so yeah, okay. three as a newspaperman. Right. What? Do, how does that work? So I could tell you what I've observed. Like I've observed, for example, um, uh, a Melvin, former Brewers GM. Either Doug or Bob Melvin. <laughs> Let's say Doug Melvin. Hey, Melvin. Uh, former, uh, former, uh, former Brewers manager, uh, general manager Doug Melvin, uh, answering questions sort of as he's walking or walking to an area and then being accosted maybe by <laughs> local media and then having to answer questions. Right. I've seen other cases where um, executives, members of the front office, will maybe schedule a time and a place to meet. And will be accessible that way. Um, where are you? And, and then I suppose that there's also what you're responding to uh, press releases that you know. In the case of your former job, that the pirates sent out, and then you're attempting to track people down. Like, it, here's a question: At any given point, when you were when you were at the winter meetings as a newspaperman, at, at any given point, did you know where Neil Huntington was? At any given point, mm-hmm. or at any single point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we what we typically did, or what the pirates typically did, 
was have the local beat guys uh, meet up with Neil at his hotel suite. Because teams usually, I guess, run out of suite where they they have their whiteboards and smart boards and their war room and you know go over their trend, the business of transactions. So we would usually meet with him like around five thirty in the uh, the afternoon after most mm-hmm. of the day's business had probably taken place. And it's supposed to be just for the local writers. Uh, I think it was last year, David Lorla somehow ended up in the elevator with us. And uh, he, he ended up breaching security and ended up in the suite with us. And <laughs> the PR person asked what he was doing there, and, uh, you know, it was fine. But, but credit to David for making him there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, it's sort of, I don't know. Is that part of being... It's, it's unusual to be in a random hotel suite talking, asking questions that won't really be answered and uh it's an interesting press conference setting but if you need to track him down at other points today how do you go about doing it Uh, i mean you have as you hope executives will and respond to your text messages and uh i I guess you could go knock on his hotel room door yeah you know where it is you that would be frowned upon but uh i guess you could do that uh now you mentioned Laura's Laura's conduct. Laura's <laughs> conduct. What? For, what? How much of being a newspaperman is um, finding your way to places where you're not entirely invited, and yet there's no law stipulating that you can't be there? For, well, I, I guess that's a fine line. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just being in clubhouses, you're not entirely wanted there, but yeah. we have to be there to, to conduct our jobs. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to think about relationships too. As a beat reporter, uh, one of the difficulties is that you can't go. If you have a falling out with the the manager, the general manager, you can't go cover another one. You have to cover the one that's there. Uh, so you you don't want to have a toxic relationship, yeah. but at the same time, you're supposed to hold them accountable as best you can uh, with the information you have. You know, with, with how they're conducting business. So. You don't want to be camping out in their front lawn, <laughs> seeing if they're interviewing, seeing who they're interviewing for manager or something. Uh, so yeah, I think you uh, use some common sense and respect boundaries. Uh, so I would not knock on a hotel suite door uh, to get an update on free uh, agent negotiations. No, right. You have to pick your spot. So I think right. what you're saying. Right. Okay. So the, the winter meetings are kind of weird because no one really wants to tell you anything, but yet we have the daily press briefings and, uh, you know, the transactions are going to occur whether you're there or not. And, uh, you know, they, they would hold a larger conference call probably with all media members if they did occur. So uh, you know, the actual the actual benefit of winter meetings, I don't think so much is interacting with the, the GM you're covering. It's more, there's so many people from the industry there that, uh, you can see and connect with. I think there's probably more more value there. And, and for us as, at Fangraphs, it's more of a company retreat almost. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably important to see each other in person a couple times a year as well. So Yeah, to, you know. to exchange ideas. Yeah, and just uh, revel. Remember that we're human people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you might not even know what I look like. No. 
I've seen you. I've seen you before. <laughs> yeah, but you might not. Rem- your eyewitness account could be fuzzy. I think it probably is. No. Um, especially because um, there's typically heavy drinking <laughs> at the at the winter meetings. Typically, yeah. yes. Um, well, I, I just feel bad. You... Like, how about those poor families who are at Disney World for vacation, and there's thousands of baseball and industry people, and job seekers, and drunk writers around the hotel bar at two in the morning, and they're trying to sleep. I feel bad for those families. The, yeah, uh, how many families are on vacation the, the first or second week in in December, though? Probably not many. Yeah, not many. Yeah, but I'm sure there's a few. Yeah. Are you, gonna, are you excited to – are you looking forward to writing some frenzied transaction analysis? <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Okay. Very good. Um, all right. Let me uh, – I, I have to harass you a little bit about uh, uh, the BBWAA League, uh, uh, Hardball Dynasty League. Sure. At whatifsports.com. Um, <clears throat> I noticed, again, I haven't checked the standings as of uh, today, but if I remember correctly – uh, the uh, the Montreal Sacré Bleu, not the Blues, Sacré Bleu, uh, they're well on their way to another uh, playoff berth. Uh, they're only 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but... Uh, We're slowing down a little bit. We're starting yeah, to get some players lead. extra rest. Yep. 689 uh, winning percentage, close to 700. That might be the highest in, in, across the whole league. Um, I want to ask you a question. Uh, um, I have noticed that sometimes... Other owners will get in touch with me and ask about specific players. Is this is player A available? Player B, etc. Okay. Okay. Uh, what are the what are the means by which to identify specific players? Because I know I've developed what I you know think is a somewhat reliable um, system of weighting the various ratings that are assigned to the players. And so, like, if I had a spreadsheet of all of the ratings. I feel like I could go through and target certain players that would benefit my ball club. But so far as I know, there's no way to do that. To look at an organization's entire... To uh, look at, like, all players in the league. Like, all, all players, players in the, the majors league. at yeah. the same time. Okay. Yeah, I don't... The, what if sports does not allow for that? <laughs> you can look at position groups and all pitchers and all shortstops, but you can't look at every player. How do you even do that? How do you even look you at all? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I go to team rosters, no, that doesn't do it. Uh, you go to you go to the world dropdown. You go, go to, to reports. World. Yeah. And then you go to player search. Yeah. And then all first uh, all shortstops. Like say you want to do all shortstops. Yeah. Then all you go to level. You have major to do league. it by level, like major league, all franchises. Otherwise, it won't let me allow. It won't let right. me. Oh yeah, this is helpful. Yeah, and then you can sort by the skills. Yeah. And I and I could just uh, I'll just make a big spreadsheet with all of these. If you had known this from the outset, who knows where you would be? Probably no better. <laughs> but no yes, better. I'm prepared to um, I'm prepared to embrace years of mediocrity before I get anywhere. You need eight more wins to hit that win floor. What's the, what do you mean win floor? What's the win floor? You have to win 55 games. What are you talking about? You don't know this? No, no one told me this. <laughs> well, have you read the league constitution? <laughs> no, it wasn't sent to me, but 
Uh, well, there, there's, there's a one- and two-year win floor. Uh, to promote, unlike Major League Baseball, we try to promote competitiveness mm-hmm. through, through a minimum expectation of standards. Okay. Uh, it looks like last year you – how many games did you win last year? 66. So there's a one- and two-year win floor. So you, as long as you get to 55, you should be in good shape. But if you don't get to 55 wins mm-hmm. – you either have to forfeit your first round pick, what, or be kicked out of the league for at what? least one season. Yes. I didn't know this. Yes, yes. <laughs> where where is this constitution? Uh, if you go under the administration drop down, uh-huh. private world rules. Oh Jesus! There are not many, but season uh, minimum win rule fifty five. One fifth. So in any three-year succession, you have to meet those. Oh my God! Yeah. So you're you're fine for the two-year as long as you get to fifty-five. Oh. Yeah. This is terrible. But you have thirty games left, right? I don't so, know. Do we? Thirty games left. Yeah. So you should do it. Hmm. Are you tanking? I mean, not expressly. I'm also, but not spending money really, though. Yeah. So. There's a 55 win rule. Yeah, I actually think that, that's great. Like Major League Baseball should have a 55 win. That's another way to promote spending. You got to win 55 games. Yeah, I got 30 games left. I think I'm going to handle it. <laughs> so yeah, if the Astros were tanking and they just think the drama of going in the last game of the season, they're at 54 wins. What would be the appropriate punishment then? Yeah, they lose their first round pick. Hmm. Yeah, that would be the deterrent. So it would be like the opposite of the price is right, right? Like you'd want to go – it would be the closest to 55 without going under. Right. Hmm. That would be the goal. Yeah, just think if they would let me be commissioner for a day, mm-hmm. could fix all sorts of things. In one and day would, you'd do it? And I would be an, uh, an objective third party. I'd like – you know, the commissioner, which I thought was supposed to kind of be the – a neutral third party has really just become a representative of the owner's interests. And then you have the players. We need like a third party arbitrator yeah, with, total, why... with total power. Okay, here's another here's <laughs> a, a third idiot's question of the day. Yeah, yeah. Why isn't the commissioner selected by a combination of the players' union and the owners? I don't have an answer. Well, it'd be like selecting a jury, right? Right. Like you, there'd be like a a pool of 10 applicants or some 10 finalists and then each you know each side would like well no this guy's too extreme for us this one's too extreme for you and so you end up with one that's disappointing for all for everyone involved right right uh yeah i don't i don't know why the the voting works as it does but yeah the commissioner's just become a position where he he represents major league baseball and the owners interests and the players have to fight their own group, the union, to fight for their interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but I don't think the commissioner was really intended to be that, right? Yeah. I mean, the first commissioner was uh, was brought in to clean up the game and in an objective way, and he was mm-hmm. given complete authority and autonomy. Which one was that? Are we talking about a uh, Landis, right? Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Yeah. We know our history. Mm-hmm. Is that is that who the first commissioner is? I'm willing to believe it if you say yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Just say yes with authority. 
God, God, I hope that's right. You know when you think you know an obvious thing and then you pause because you haven't really considered it in yeah. a while? You're like, is that really true? Like your address, uh, for yeah, example? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the first commissioner. So you live about 0.7 miles. Here, I'll unveil my guess right now, okay? You're, this is your guess. This is my guess. How close should you have to be to be, like, rewarded for... Like, I'll reward like, you for process and creativity, but, like, reward you as a job well done. Is this yes uh, or no? You're either it's correct or it isn't, or well, I'm not going to give the exact street address. Okay. So from that point of view, wait, Cafe Mojo, right? Is that the one you go to? That is right. Yeah. That's the one you go to with Sam. Yes, there are two coffee shops, but they they do a better job, I think. With uh, no Mojo Cafe, it's called Mojos. Can we, can we get real for a second? Mojos. Yeah. Oh, wait, Cafe Mojo, Bay Village. Ohio. Mojo. Yeah, there we go. Oh, Mojo's Cafe. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a whole range of places. It could be. I got to look, you know. <clears throat> there's kind of a band I see here. Or it could be. Uh, I mean, I think you live... If I were to make a circle, right? Okay. And the circle ran... Uh, both through, if I were to draw a circle, and the circle went both through Mojo's Coffee and more, and also, <laughs> and if it also <laughs> went through the Honey Hut <laughs> down by Huntington Beach, uh, you know, I think that, um, I think that you would live inside that circle. You think that's right? I like the process. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, don't you think you li- don't, you, don't you think you live inside the circle? How, what is the radius of your circle? <laughs> it, it would be well. I mean, well, I could tell you the um, what's the middle of a circle called? The epicenter? Is that an epicenter? I believe so. The point. The point in the middle. <laughs> the dot in the middle. <laughs> point in middle. Yeah. Point in middle circle is called a. Uh, it's called the center point. <laughs> Good. Um, I think it would be right along. I think it would be, let's see, right here. It'd be just north of Wolf Road, kind of by, uh, kind of, kind of by, um, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> like, like it would be, it'd be east of the police department, but west of the skate park. <laughs> that's where the, that's where the middle of the circle would be. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Uh, but that's south of Wolf Road, right? No, that's just north of Wolf Road. It's just north. So just south would be the where would be where Bay uh, Bay Middle School is. Bay Bay Middle School, yeah, and Christ Church. Okay, but that that's all park area. Like no one lives there. No one lives. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not saying you live there. Oh, that's where the football field is. Look at that. Or some sort of practice so, football field, maybe. So you're, what street are you suspecting I live on? I just don't know where you live rel- relative to Cahoon Creek. Yeah, that's the tough thing. Because mm. there's kind of... Uh, although I guess there's housing right along Cahoon Creek, isn't there? Mm. Well, it, yeah, in parts of Cahoon Creek, yes. I've also heard you mention Dover Center Road before. Mm. Which leads me to believe that maybe mm. you live east 
of Dover Center Road. Mm. But if you live east of Dover Center Road, then you cannot live that far east of it. Mm. I would say maybe not even past Douglas Drive. (laughs) (laughs) Do you live near the intersection of Douglas Drive and Normandy Road? Mm. (laughs) Huh? Like you've given a few incorrect answers so far, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, but you are yeah. you are warming, my friend. Is that right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I don't know where to go. You are warming. Yeah. I live very close to Douglas Drive. Do you? Yep. You ever? Do, you ever? Hey, <laughs> Travis. You ever taken a walk over there to Greenisland Irish Pub and Restaurant? You know, I haven't gone over there yet, but uh, yeah, it looks kind of interesting. Would it be pretty easy for you to get over there just by just by a quick walk? <laughs> Hmm? You are zeroing in on the location. <laughs> you just need one more point of reference. Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's get it. Uh, let's stop. Okay. Let's stop. You, you fulfilled your obligation. This has been uh, – it's been an exercise in absurdity, but everything is an experiment, isn't it? Yes. And, and many experiments fail. We know that. Right. I'm not afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. I, uh, I've just received a note from Eno Saris, which I will not read aloud. Um, uh, but, well, no, I, I will read aloud and I will make sure, I will make sure to bleep a couple of. Eno told me his post is ready. He said, sorry, I forgot I had to take the to her. Oh. What do you think about that? Huh. <laughs> the- yeah. How about that? <laughs> well, you better get on that post. I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I believe I agree with you. Let's get going. Hey, Travis, it's been a real pleasure, as always. I, I apologize for whatever I've done to uh, to damage your credibility as a as a baseball writer and reveal my location. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still All enough right. mystery involved. All right. Well, well, let me say a couple things. Let me say that uh, that has been um, the prolific. Uh, a prolific contributor. Not really a contributor. What are you? You're a. Uh, you're, a you're not a staff writer. What, are they, what is your name? What's your uh, What's your title? Uh, I usually refer to you as the prolific Travis Sawchuk of Fangraphs.com. I don't know what I am. Yeah. Well, you talk. You got to put that in your contract yeah. for 2018 with David Apple. That has been Travis Sawchuk. I'm Carson Stooley, and this has been Fangraphs Audio.